It's Tuesday and I already want a beer. Is today Tuesday? It is Tuesday. Welcome and good evening. Thank you for joining us across Baltic. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the water boy. What does abortion, two pastors, and Stacey Abrams all have in common? I, I'm not going to say that because it's probably bad form right now. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> first, they're all wrong. Uh, all right. We'll get to that more later. And then what happened in Loudoun County is not going away just like uncured, untreated cancer. You, you're talking about like intersectionality County or the... And the, the whole uh, woke uh, public school situation that happened in Loudoun County yeah. with everything that happened. Is there. that like a dude in a girl's bathroom, that thing? Yeah. Yep. We, we actually got two guests coming up, and one was the dad of that whole situation. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, so, on this show? So, yeah, on this show. So Toby to didn't know who he had. Man, I'm excited about this show. <laughs> and man, he's not in jail right now. <laughs> hey, let's stop and take a moment to talk about Fight Laugh Feast Club membership by joining the Fight Laugh Feast Army. Not only will we be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all our conference talks, and exclusive backstage content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts for our conferences, like $100 off. Yeah. Hey, you see, the I released uh, Jason Whitlock and Megan, yes. Megan uh, Basham. Basham's Basham. uh, Basham. live show on Saturday. Super excited right. about that. Lies, damn lies, oh. and journalism. Is oh, that the man. title? That's the title. Okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah, there you go, guys. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. sign up now at flfnetwork.com. So DeSantis was at uh, Turning Point, you know, Turning Point. Um, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Charlie Kirk's. Yeah, Charlie Kirk's organization. Yeah. He was speaking at uh, Turning Point this last week, and I, I found it interesting about how he was talking about education in Florida. We've led more strongly on and drawing a big, fat line in the sand to say that the people of Florida believe that the purpose of our school system should be to educate our kids, not to indoctrinate our kids. And to that end, we've done things like ban critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. We're not gonna teach kids to hate our country or to hate each other. We're gonna teach real history. We're gonna teach them the truth. We're not gonna let them impose their ideological agenda on our youth. We've also established a big initiative to promote American civics in our schools. We, we have a responsibility to make sure that the students that come out of our school system understand what it means to be an American. They need to understand that our rights come from God, not from the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I, there, I appreciate that. There's a lot there. Y'all saw Eric Swalwell's response, yes. uh, yeah. House representative candidate. It's yeah. not like separation of church and state is in the Bill of Rights or anything. And, of course, the, the Twitters blew up yesterday. When, when Eric tweeted that? Yeah, I didn't yeah. see the thread from that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was pretty intense. It was, it was pretty fun, actually. But everybody's reminding him of the First Amendment, mm-hmm. right? And which is, I think it's actually worth us, like, reminding, you know, that, that Congress shall— um, make no law establishing yeah. religion. Right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. You know. It's it's the the liberals like to say separates church and state. Yeah. Separates church right, and state. Right. 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 And you know what the First Amendment does is it it denies the establishment of a denomination right over right. the United States. The United States may not have a, a a national church. Right. But it does not separate God from our nation. Right. It, it doesn't right. separate religion from yeah. our nation. Well, and that's ironic because Eric is Congress. Yeah. And so he's tweeting this out like yeah. Yeah. like Congress actually 
has the power to do something that Ron DeSantis doesn't have the power apparently to do. That's how he kind of took that. No, tweet. I, I, well, yeah, yeah, no, it's right. yeah, but it's actually the other way. I, it's actually the other way I agree around. With you yeah. the other way yeah. around, but he's saying, Ron, you can't do this in your education. Right. right. And Eric is saying, but Congress should be able to legislate what happens in your classroom. Right. Nine out of the thirteen states, when yes. when the Bill of Rights was ratified, nine of thirteen states had established churches yeah. in it's, their states, that's yeah. right. and that was not illegal. That's right. It, it, that's right. It, now, whether that not that was a good idea or not, yeah. I don't think it really was. I, I disagree with that. And, and, I, and I'm glad that it slowly died out. Right. Yeah. Um, but the whole notion of states having a state church or right. um, uh, believing in God or teaching that God created the heavens and the earth. That was my question for, for DeSantis is, are they going to teach him that God created the heavens well, and the earth? That's yeah. what I was going to ask. So part of creation, is, uh, creation. I, I agree with Gabe with Swalwell. Like he's, his problem is that he's fighting with Ron DeSantis over who gets to have the authority over yeah. education, yeah. Right. which is like, okay, but. Like have who, we forgotten? Who did have God said? Who who made yeah. the kids? Yeah, and then yeah. who are they responsible right. for teaching and educating? So that, that's that's one thing. You know, with with Swalwell though, it's that's kind of an easy thing. We are able to see that. Ron DeSantis comes out and says we need to train our kids to fear God, and it's like yay. I want to know though, are we supposed to be teaching in government schools, right. or should we be teaching government schools? who they are to be worshiping. Mm -hmm. Because I wonder if Ron DeSantis would then answer that differently. Because if yes, Ron DeSantis, well, who are your kids supposed to be worshiping? I wonder if he would say, well, the only one true God, Jesus Christ. It's like, okay, so then why do you have evolution in the school that teaches something completely opposite than that? And then secondly, why is the government the, the, the civil government overseeing right. education. See, I was walking it back to it. Yeah. But that, that goes I was just going to get there. I was just helping him. I was helping him. I was helping you. Yeah, thank you. Help so, him. <laughs> <laughs> because but, but what I think we should be saying is like, I, I'm glad that they're doing, what did they do, the uh, vouchers there yeah. in Florida? I, I, don't, I don't know if they are doing full-on vouchers as they're doing it in Arizona. Think, yeah, but they're, they're starting to move that way. Yeah. And, and I get that. I'm happy with that. But I want I want a governor who's able to say, if we want to have a civility, a civil environment and with people who understand the government and the relationship to people, if we want to have a strong community, if we don't mm-hmm. want critical race theory influencing how our kids are taught and want our kids to fear God and love mm-hmm. their neighbor, mm-hmm. then what I need to do is make sure that you have the ability to raise and teach your kids without the government influencing it. Because if Ron DeSantis leaves... Right. Yeah, and, and fundamentally, fundamentally, what we need then is a transcendent standard. Yeah. Right. So right. he talked about truth. Yeah. He talked about God, which I appreciate. He I really, talked about responsibility. I really, I really, yeah. I really appreciate all that. But we've got to ground it in the Word of God. We've yeah. got to ground it in Scripture. Otherwise, the thing is, is if you don't have a standard, what the left's doing with critical theory and and all that stuff, the the right's going to do their, in their own way. They already like, are. Everybody can. You can have just a mosh pit of yeah. ideas, and it's but it's all about power. It's all about. Um, uh, manipulation. I also want him to stop saying "our." I, as a civil magistrate, I want <laughs> our, the, our, yeah, like yeah, our kids, our kids. Like yeah, the way he know. talks about our kids, I want, I don't yeah. want them to talk like that because they're acting like that. He's they're his. I don't, mm. I want them to have a separation of how they understand your yeah. kids, mm-hmm. yeah. your kids, and, yeah. and and our community. That's right, right? Yeah, like, they're under your your authority, parents. Yeah, you're yeah, responsible yeah, for them. Not our. My, yeah. His job is to keep them alive. Don't keep don't, them don't, safe. Don't, yeah. don't let you know shooters into the schools. Don't let crime go unchecked. That's right. the civil magistrate's job. So maybe well, when he talks about that, maybe that R is fine. But when he talks about education, it's not an R thing. No, no. that's well, a that's a parent yeah, thing. Right. And, and here's the thing: is a, a lot of conservatives hear Ron DeSantis and they're cheering him on like crazy. Yeah. Did you hear him? Uh, um, Alex Jones endorsed Ron DeSantis last oh. week and then walked it back because he 
ticked off a lot of his fans who are Trump supporters. Oh, because <laughs> oh, they know what's he coming. Walked it, he walked it back coming. like in a yeah. twenty-four hour day. Yeah. But but you go through you go through that video and you listen to that video, and and uh, you know Ron DeSantis says education versus indoctrination. Yeah, like these things just go over conservatives. They're like, yeah, education. Yeah, yeah, we need to educate our kids, not indoctrinate our kids. Right, right. But it, it's the same thing. Right. right. And, and then Ron DeSantis says, Ideal, ideological agenda on our youth. We don't want to push an ideological agenda on our youth. We absolutely do. Yeah. I want to teach my kids six-day creation. Right. I want my kids to know that that's the truth. The Bible says that we're that Christians are to bring, fathers in particular, to bring up their children in the nurture knowledge. and admonition yep. of the Lord. That's right. Nurture and admonition of the Lord doesn't mean Sunday school on Sundays. That's yeah. right. Nurture <laughs> and admonition, I mean, it can include that. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not against sure. it. Yeah. I mean, it's way more than that. Yeah. Deuteronomy 6 that's says, right? Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Teach them to love God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. Talk about these things when you get up, when you walk by the that's way, right. when you sit down at that's lunch, right. when you come home after work, when you go to bed. That's right. I mean, that's all day, 20 24-7, yeah. if, and, and parents who say, I'm going to send my kids uh, to a place that cannot acknowledge God yep. for however many, 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. right? That's 40 hours you were disobeying Deuteronomy 6. That's right. And so conservatives, I mean, we need to be far more thinking conservatives than just cheering on Ron DeSantis yeah. through this when, when yeah. he walks through this. And lastly, he's way better than Lots. Yeah, he's great. I'm, I'm grateful I'm, for him. I get it. I, I prefer DeSantis over Trump. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then finally, lastly, he says, you know, this is our responsibility to educate our kids. And yeah. it's like, no, this is not the government's responsibility. Yeah. Right, right. It's the parents' responsibility. Mm-hmm. To educate their children. Fathers, bring them That's up. Right. It's the church's job to disciple. Yeah. And so there's a teaching job from the church's side um, mm-hmm. and, and, and of things. Bible studies, Sunday schools, yep. all these kind of things. Help parents in raising their children. But nowhere does God give that responsibility to the civil government. The civil government has been given a sword. Mm-hmm. And it, and if you give them a sword, that's what they're going to use. Are you that's gonna, right. Are you going to do Stacey Abrams? So, so mm-hmm. uh, that's where I'm going. So, I'm trying to pre- I've been really trying to prepare myself for this one. Go so, ahead. Stacey Abrams. Just plug your ears. Plug is, your ears. She was doing a talk um, at a Baptist church. In a, at, a, at a what? At, at a Baptist church in <laughs> I, I'm just uh, Georgia. I, I, Did you say a Baptist church? Yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. Um, oh, okay. On Saturday. It wasn't worship. <laughs> Uh, but this is where abortion, two pastors, and Stacey Abrams are all wrong. Ah. Oh. I am the daughter of two pastors. I have a strong moral core. Ooh. I was trained hey, wait, to up. read and understand the Bible, and I will tell you. <laughs> hey, pause. Two wait, pastors. Sorry. There's two options there. Either it's a mom and dad pastor, <laughs> or it's a mo- three options. Two moms whoa, whoa, that are whoa. pastors, or two dads that are pastors, and it's all wrong. It's raised by two it's all wrong. Okay. It's all, all wrong. wrong. No, it's all, all three options are wrong. Mm, no. Andy, go ahead. There is nothing about the decision to eliminate access to abortion care that is grounded in anything other than cruelty and meanness and danger in the state of Georgia. Nothing. It is a crowd. medical decision, and in the state of Georgia, it is a dangerous one. Brian Kemp, and yes, I'm going to call his name is a hard right religious extremist who has decided that he knows better than any woman about her body and has decided to make women second-class citizens in the state of Georgia in the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> I love if a man is she that wrong, it's going to take a She said in the year of our Lord. I'm going to make it right. That's why I intend to be the next governor of the great state of Georgia. Wait, did she say, I was going to take a woman to make it right? Yeah. Mm. What is a woman? Yeah. <laughs> Stacey Abrams. But, but what is a woman? I, you know, this is where, like. That's in a Baptist church. <sighs> no, I said Baptist church. I, nah. That's in a Baptist church. <laughs> when you say Baptist, Pastor, would you, what do you mean by Baptist? 
because <laughs> right now, I mean, I mean, I, I was been, I've been asked for a lot of examples. Yes, <laughs> this last I'm just week. Just wondering when you say Baptist, will you define that for me? <laughs> uh, uh, you don't mean like covenantal reform Baptist? No, right? no, oh, no, okay. no, no, okay. no. I'm just, talking about Stacey Abrams Baptist, the AME <laughs> Church. Which, by the way, like. This is okay. So real oh quick, oh my gracious! Oh my gracious! So this is this is amazing. So you got uh, this is probably it's an AME church. So why in the world? Where I, I don't even know where I want to start from. I want to start the the breakdown I, of I'm when, still on when Baptist she's, church. <laughs> when she's no, no 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 don't do that. When she talks about um, cruelty. That word doesn't yeah, mean no, what she thinks know, it means. When she talks it's, about it's having incredible. a right. deep moral center, right, right. I'm like, if we're talking, we're talking about. We're talking about the dismemberment of little tiny babies yeah. made in the image of God. And selling them. And she's saying that it is cruelty to women, subjugation to women, mm-hmm. not to let them chop those little babies up, not to let them take poison that will, that will destroy their bodies and suck them out of their mother's womb. And when you say abortion is medical care. That's what she argued. That's what she said in that's, that. But that's even like, before you even get there, I can't get past the first part of yeah. the fact that, when I, what is cruelty then? If that's not cruelty, mm-hmm. I don't know what cruelty is in any yeah. way. Like how right. do you, when you start mm-hmm. putting, I want her to define for me, please define what cruelty is because I'm telling you that you need to not to cut a little person up in pieces. Right, that yeah. you need not to kill a little person right. in the safest place that God has ever put a person on yeah. planet Earth is in the womb of his mother. And you're saying it's cruel that she doesn't have the right to be able to cut him out yeah. or mm-hmm. burn him out mm-hmm. and, and chop yeah. him to pieces. I don't it's know. What, this is where it's like, how how do you communicate with people when the words right. don't mean what the words and are supposed to mean anymore? And this is why Ron DeSantis doesn't anchor his education in truth in Florida. Right. You get this. Yeah. That's a Christian church. Any, any definition. Definition. In, in name. That's yeah. a Christian church in name. Yeah. And if you you go from conservative state, that's right. And you're not Okay, gonna... wait, who's to blame for that? I, I'm not allowed to answer that anymore. <laughs> maybe you can answer. <laughs> maybe we play this clip for James White when he comes on. We maybe... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, we're responsible for that. Yeah, we are. absolutely more cross politics coming up next. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. It's a good day when you're interviewing people in Texas, you know? (laughs) 
They're not from in, there. Yeah. In Texas drinking beer. Shinerbogger. Yeah. Send me a 12 pack. Welcome back to Cross Pollen. Get to join in. <laughs> I don't have it. Yeah, where's our beer? Gabe, come on. It's not beer and Psalms. Come on. Wednesday, sorry. That's tomorrow. Hey, today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. It's a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, they take the world back because they're equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom, thanks to a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. New St. Andrews College is in Moscow, Idaho, where we live. I graduated from the school. Find out more at nsa.edu. I want to audit some classes. Hey, we're really grateful (laughs) to have with us two dudes who are currently in Texas, but from Loudoun County. Yeah. They were part of the whole firestorm in Loudoun County. Yeah, yeah. that, uh-huh. that f- flipped the Virginia legislature. And the governor. Yeah, right? I mean, um, Loudoun County Scott, flipped the governor. Scott Smith, husband, father, tradesman, and local small business owner, an American citizen who got a phone call that their daughter had been beaten up in the bathroom, and, we needed, and they needed to come to the school immediately. That's when the nightmare began. Wow. And then we've got with us also John Tiggs, founder and CEO of Patriot Pub Alliance. John Scott, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here, guys. And I uh, appreciate you giving us a chance to kind of maybe straighten some things out about Loudoun County, Virginia, and right. also um, what we've kind of learned is, from is, that process. Is, is Patriot Pub a restaurant chain? Because I want to have beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so Patriot Pub. Go go ahead. No, so so I know you guys just got anointed, so you're ready for this question. But <laughs> what um, uh, what are we not hearing about Loudoun County? It's been in the news a bunch. Again, it was Virginia's kind of been a, a a hot spot of 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 a kind of a conservative resurgence. But what are we what are we not hearing about? So I think the the important thing to understand is that. Not only has nothing changed in Loudoun County in spite of all the activities, but it's actually gotten worse, not better. Mm. Um, a lot of folks think that somehow because the politics changed that the schools changed and, and that's not the case. And, and there's some lessons learned from that um, that we'd love to share with you all. So maybe yeah. just take us back. Yeah, because um, I started reading the story, but I want you to tell the story. Um, what happened? You got a call. Your daughter's been beat up. What happened? Well, uh, we got a call that our daughter had been beat up in the bathroom and we needed to get there right away. Um, upon arrival, my daughter, my wife got there first. I got there second. Uh, the problem was, is when I got there, somehow I'd forgotten my driver's license and they wouldn't let me in the door. Um, I basically had to fight the SRO and give him an option. I'm coming in. You either tackle me or escort me. <laughs> uh, he brought me in. He chose to bring me in instead of tackle me. And uh, I got into the school and realized that it was, you know, that they were doing nothing. They, they, they you know, they, they, there was no ambulance. There was no police. There was nothing. Um, and I, that didn't sit well with me. And, you know, after asking a few questions and realizing that that the principal and the SR officer were incompetent and possibly starting to try to cover this up, that I wasn't having it. And I started calling people out for what it was and they didn't like it. And the next thing I know, they called the police on me. 
I was the very first 911 call out of that school was an out of control parent. Oh, okay. Whoa. Uh, wait, wait. Scott, that same yeah. day? That, got, same, that same got, day? That same day, my friend. Wow. Okay, so let's, I, I got to go back. So when you get there, what kind of shape is your daughter in? She's laying on the floor. Um, and the school, she was laying on the, well, yeah, she was laying on the floor and my wife was sitting at a table and they were told by the guidance counselor that they weren't allowed to talk about it. So my wife and daughter pretty much had to, you know, talk through hand signals and, you know, it it was terrible. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's nothing that you would expect to have happened with something of this nature. Um, Explain how long it took just to get out and get a rape kit administered. Uh, we were called, uh, we arrived there, I believe at around one, well, my wife arrived there around one twenty. I got there probably 10, 15 minutes later. I don't know, but we did not get out of there until after three, close to four. Um, you know, they held my wife and daughter hostage on the inside of the building. I was demanding the whole time to let them out of there. And it, 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 it was just insane. Um, when, when did you finally actually get a, the rape kit administered? The rape kit was finally administered the next morning at like seven in the morning. So um, why was the administration uh, holding and uh, handling this, so taking so long to handle this process that afternoon? I believe it's because they were, you know, trying to cover it up. Uh, you know, there was a major uh, policy that was about to get, you know, voted on, um, you know, with transgender rights and being able to, you know, cruise in and out of the bathrooms at their will. And this was going to bust that whole narrative wide open. They knew it. You know, we've figured out through FOIA since that they knew a whole lot more. And, you know, it's when the special grand jury comes out with their findings and we drop our Title IX lawsuit, the whole United States will know. But, wow. you know, it, uh, we're, we're, we're letting the, the special grand jury do their diligence and we're trying to stay out of it the best we can. And we plan you know, not to drop the Title IX lawsuit, you know, until the, the special grand jury tells us that, you know, it's okay because we don't want that to affect what they're doing. Right. So, um, so John, um, you ended up through the whole uproar and uh, getting arrested um, also, didn't you? Yeah, we actually uh, shared the same paddy wagon on June 22nd. But we, as you, you're finding out, we came to this place from two different, very, very different directions. Um, Scott is a personal issue because for three weeks after the assault, nothing happened, no counseling, no nothing, no, no charges against the perpetrator. Even he showed up because he had been seeing viral videos go off of parents and teachers getting fired because they said they uh, couldn't call a boy a girl and a girl a boy. I was there because I was there to support my community and the people that neighbors and friends that had asked other people to come and support them because the school board wasn't listening to their concerns. And we had uh, started, you asked about the Patriot Pub, we had started 
um, after January 6th, people getting shut down, not being able to talk. Um, I had sued the governor the year before and done some protesting in the streets of Leesburg and had a mailing list of folks that all were concerned that they couldn't even speak anymore. And certainly not on social media. So we decided since I had a event venue, we just get together and do it old fashioned way and have yeah. a pint yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some fried chicken and, and uh, allow folks to connect the old fashioned way. And so that, that happened just about the same time that folks that had been meeting in the school board, primarily moms, had been doxxed by six of the nine school board members in a private Facebook group. And they said, we need help. So we had about, I don't know, two, three dozen people at that point meeting. And they said, well, we'll help and we'll come and speak. And one lady by the name of Chantel Cooper, African-American lady um, who's married to a white guy, said, this CRT thing sounds bizarre. I'm not going to tell my kids to hate their dad and just love me. So she shared that school board meeting and, and it went viral. Um, you might remember it. And as a result of that video, um, a whole lot more attention got put on things. And we started having 50 to 75 people meeting. And after 10 across, the, the teacher said he couldn't call a boy a girl and a girl a boy got fired. We had two or 300 people starting to show up who were mad and could see at that point the suppression that was going on mm. and uh and they all said what can we do to help and by the time we got to june 22nd when scott came in one door and i came in another we had overflowing crowd of almost a thousand people inside mm. that room and we had to listen to a school superintendent begin the meeting by saying folks you don't have anything to worry about with this transgender stuff because uh there's a time article that says it's not a problem. And oh, by the way, we've never had a reported case of sexual assault in Loudoun County. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got Scott there having to hear that going on already concerned. There's a cover up and the rest of us are like, I don't know. I don't know. And so when the, the public comment came, it came hard and fast. And finally, um, we were told we had till seven o'clock and there was almost 300 people signed up to speak. They had 60 seconds each and everyone was pounding it. And we were told if you make any noise, we're killing public comment. And people made the mistake of applauding for someone that did a just bang up job of hitting every point in 60 seconds. And before the people were done applauding, the school board had walked out and that place was ready to oh, wow. erupt. Man, um, it was it was intense. And uh knowing that and knowing that I knew a couple hundred folks in the room at least that recognized me, I stood up and just said, Hey folks, they may not want to hear what you have to say, but we can hear from one another. And having done weeks of protest before, I knew that if you were in a public place given a public word, and heck, most of the people have been invited to speak and they said we had it till seven, then we're just gonna continue hearing from one another and, and the other side if they wanted to sure. until we were out of time. And uh, we began doing that. We we're going strong for about 30, 40 minutes, very peacefully. I mean, think about how peaceful you have to be to hear one person speaking without a microphone with a thousand people in the room. Yeah. And then way back in the corner, a scuffle broke out. And uh, that was uh, that was Scott getting tackled by behind by a sheriff's deputy wait what and, uh, wait hold on yeah 
So Scott, you got to right there. So what 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 did you do to the sheriff's deputy? <laughs> uh, I didn't do anything. Um, you better not a, tell uh, me that radical... you were just standing there and you got tackled. <laughs> I mean, you can watch the video and make your own opinion for what happened, but it's uh, all over YouTube. And I mean, it's it went viral across the country, England. I mean, our GoFundMe page, we were getting donations from all over the world. This right. is how Scott became the poster child for domestic terrorists at school board meetings. But <laughs> the what the 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 backstory is is there was a bunch of agitators that were bust in. Um I actually had a lady in front of me in line as we were waiting to get in with my hands in my pocket told me get my hands off her rear end and she didn't say rear end. Yeah. And uh I mean they were people looking to call agitation. And that was my first perspective when I saw it happen. And it's kind of important to note that, you know, it happened really quickly and nobody knew the real story until two weeks before the election when Scott finally was able or forced to come out. And the reason he was able to come out two weeks before the election was because it happened a second time. The perpetrator was put back in another school mm. And that's by then we had gotten to know each other um, a little bit. And we were trying to encourage him to come out and speak about this because we thought it would might affect the transgender policies. But he was told he couldn't. And finally, he said, listen, I'm, I'm ready to come out because the perpetrator was put back into their school and we were lied to and assaulted another individual. Oh, wait, if okay. I knew. OK, hold on one second. Yeah, we got to go backstage. Wow. I want to I want to pick up from right there. We'll go wow. backstage. You guys stay right there. Don't you guys go anywhere. Hope you got your Fight Laugh Feast Club membership because uh, this is about to get interesting. If you're single, get married. Ended up in the same cell together. (laughs) If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. The season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. All right, so just stay like this. How, how am I doing here? So, yeah, you don't like you don't like this, huh? a Christian education look like when non-Christians are the ones who control the institutions of learning? This is a question that confronted Bishop Augustine of Hippo in North Africa in the 5th century AD. Augustine lived at the twilight of the Roman Empire. He himself had been trained with the best learning that Rome at that time had to offer. He himself actually came through the ranks and taught rhetoric in some of the best schools. And it was then after he had come of age that he converted to Christianity, but he wanted to continue the project of education, but this time for Christians. And so he had to confront the question, what does a Christian education look like when the unbelievers control the field? when they control the institutions, when the whole apparatus and curriculum of learning emerge from a pagan environment. And so Augustine wondered, what is it that Christians should jettison? What is it that Christians can embrace? What is it that Christians can adopt, but in modified form? These are the questions that Augustine confronted when he sought to educate Christians in an environment when unbelievers dominated the field. 
A century later, we see a man in the south of Italy named Cassiodorus who faced a very different educational landscape. He had to ask what did a Christian education look like in an environment where unbelievers had abandoned the project of education altogether. The ins infrastructure of learning had entirely eroded. If education was to proceed at all, it had to proceed on the foundation of Christianity. The Christians had to be the ones preserving education. What does a Christian education look like when Christians are the ones forming the institutions, when Christians are the ones organizing the curriculum? Well, these two seasons in the history of education, the season of Augustine and the season of Cassiodorus, just 100 years apart, were very different moments in a crucial transformation that occurred in the history of the Western liberal arts. We're gonna be studying this story. We're going to be going back to the sources. We're going to go back to Augustine. We're gonna go back to Cassiodorus. We're gonna ask ourselves, which of their predicaments most resembles our own? Which can we learn from Augustine's period? What can we learn from Cassiodorus's period? As we confront these questions, we're gonna engage these sources, and we invite you to join us here at New St. Andrews College.